Everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and this is a special week for our broadcast because I'd like to pay a special tribute to one of our network instructors who passed away last month, Larry Witt. Now, if you've never seen Larry's work before, he was sometimes a rather controversial figure in the self-defense industry because he would often perform real-life tests that were extremely dangerous, even one time performing a handgun disarm with a loaded gun that really went off. Now, I don't condone this type of training or testing, and frankly, I find it to be pretty insane. But that's the kind of no-nonsense guy Larry was. And I always enjoyed my talks with him, and I always ended up knowing more about how to protect myself at the end of every conversation. So this week, I'd like to share with you one of our best interviews with Larry, going back a few years with our International Society of Close Quarter Combatants. Here's a broadcast that we did with Larry on one of his specialties, handgun disarms. And I think you'll get a real sense of who Larry was. The teacher, the student, and the man. Rest in peace, Larry. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hello and welcome to another combat Q&A here at the ISCQC. I am your host, Buck Green, broadcast director here at the ISCQC, and tonight we have a very special interview for you. Tonight we're speaking with Larry Wick of Split Second Survival on the topic of gun disarm lies. Now, the firearm is the most effective weapon for individual self-defense yet invented, and many people will be happy to sell you many different products that purport to teach you how to disarm a gun. It seems like every martial arts school and every self-defense program has at least a couple of token gun disarms. And some of these will get you killed more quickly than the others of these that will get you killed. So tonight we're going to talk to Larry Wick about gun disarm wise in an effort to separate fact from fiction and learn exactly what it is that you can and cannot do when it comes to disarming an opponent who is armed with a firearm. Now, if Larry Wick's name sounds familiar to you, it's because Larry is the man behind Split Second Survival, and his products are available online and in a wide variety of different publications, including the Things You Never Knew Existed catalog, which is where I last saw one of uh, Larry's programs offered. Uh, Split Second Survival is based up in Fairbanks, Alaska, and before the show started tonight, we were talking about the weather up there this time of year. Larry, I'd like to welcome you to Combat Q&A. Well, it's great to be here. I'm very, uh, very honored to be part of the program tonight. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm just going to jump right in so that we can get started. As always, those of you listening online, if you'd like to submit your questions or comments, please do so in the entry field there right on your, your web page. Uh, those of you who are listening on the phone, just press star 2 on your handset to telephonically raise your hand so I know to turn on your microphone and let you join the conversation. Uh, without further ado, let's get to discussing gun disarm lies. Uh, Larry, I'm sure you'd agree that the very best gun disarm is the one that never has to happen. 
what strategies do you teach to help someone to avoid getting into a disarmed situation in the first place? You know, things like uh, warning signs that a weapon is about to be deployed or ways to prevent that deployment if it's happening, indicators of assault, that type of thing. Well, first of all, uh, as I start speaking tonight, again, I, I want to uh, uh, thank everyone that does teach classes and they all have their thoughts of, uh, of weapon retention and stuff like that. And uh, I think it's great that everybody's out there working. I don't wish to offend anyone tonight, so I'm just going to – I just – I don't blow smoke. I just talk straightforward, and uh, and I, I, I've done most of these things to myself. I'll, I'll be scarred for the rest of my life, actually, doing some of the things that we did. But the, there's a reality test in what you're going to do. First of all, you, many people say that uh, you can prevent all gun assaults or whatever. Well, that's impossible to do. It's uh, – the, the mindset is I work with different agencies and stuff. They'll say, I'll never let that happen. Well, they're in a fantasy land because you're not going to get a warning in many cases. However, it's just common sense um, where you go. If there's an area of violence, try to stay out of that area. Um, when you deal with someone, it's your ability to be a professional. And what, what I mean by a professional is someone that doesn't get angry. Um, just me leaving the other night, uh, a truck pulled, I pulled, I was going down the street, and that's, and a truck just pulled out in front of me and just flipped me off and was just yelling and everything. Now, sure, I could have got upset, and I could have followed and did whatever, but I could have got myself in trouble. Um, so it's, it's that, a, that professionalism, number one, is to be able to control your, your temper and your anger. Uh, common sense, again, is, is looking for things. Um, uh, if you're in a bad area, usually the feeling is if it's wrong, it's wrong. But you've got to prepare yourself and to train yourself to look for certain things. One of the things that people always uh, do wrong is that they they think that they understand what a, a bad person looks like, and that's not true. A person in a suit uh, could be an extremely talented person that that is carrying a concealed weapon. So there's no exact answer for anything. I think it's the common sense that everyone has, whether it's hand-to-hand, dealing with a knife or whatever, just being aware of your situation and uh, trying to stay out of those those areas. Would you recommend any techniques for um, preventing the deployment of a gun before you get to the disarm point, you know, stopping the gun from coming oh, out of the holster there? Some people absolutely. absolutely. If you, if you uh, first of all, you've got to be close enough if you can. But if you see there's a problem, and, uh, again, because you, you're a professional, you, you don't stare at someone or whatever, but you see there's becoming an altercation or whatever, something's coming up. Absolutely. If you can stop the person from going to the weapon uh, before he gets there, that's, that's an ultimate goal. It's just the way you do it, and, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's very important to understand that you don't want to wrestle with, practicing wrestling with a gun or whatever, because you've got someone that's huge or whatever, you're not going to stop them. So you've got to attack the, the neck area or whatever or use your weapon um, before you can deploy it. It's very important. You always want to try to get behind someone also. Stay out of the, the vision of the firearm, which is very important. You've got to move. Either you're, if you don't go, uh, you're going to be in trouble. So it's very important. But that, again, is so, the trait. So we're talking about uh, preemptive strikes, staying on the move, and positioning yourself behind the attacker if you can. Always trying to get behind that person if you can, you know, and, and you use your weapon if you're carrying concealed. Again, most people that I work with, and, and whether it's any agency or, or whatever, we all practice firing our weapons and, and, and deploying our weapons, but the biggest thing is you've got to practice it in a realistic way. And it's, it's not, you're not going to get a chance to get into a stance in most situations. It's just so quick. 
Uh, we practice whether you're being thrown through the air or whatever. You're getting your weapon out. You're, you're understanding what you're doing or, or you're attacking him in an extreme violent way to shut him down instantly. That's what the goal is. Um, but always remember this. If, if you deal with a firearm and someone points a gun at your head and he's looking at you, you have an extreme advantage right now. The re- advantage is if he wanted to have killed you, he already would have killed you. So he is threatening you at that moment. So you do have an advantage. So if, you're, if a guy's got a gun fi- pointed at you and you're not dead, well, it really tells you something. He really doesn't want to kill you at that moment. So maybe most likely he's going to rob you or whatever. So that gives you a chance to move as long as you don't make any mistakes. Uh, by upsetting him. You know, I had instructors say, throw the wallet on the ground so he has to bend over and pick it up. He'll just shoot you sometimes just because you did that. Don't give him a reason. Always, always, for example, you walked out of a restaurant and uh, a guy come up behind you and, and a lot of people stand in front of their wife to protect their wife. You don't want to do that. You want your wife to step to the left or right because if your wife steps behind you, that means you can't move. You, you can't move at all because she'll be hit. So either she steps left or right so then you'll get an idea what the focus on what this person is on. So you don't want to put you in a situation where you can't move either. So it's very important. And uh, what would you say some of the indicators of assault would be before you get to the point where there's a gun in your face? Well, again, it's sometimes there will be nothing. Sometimes uh, I wish I could say you're always going to know. It's just so quick. However, it's kind of like getting into a fight in some aspects. You can, you can see a person reaching um, some people, uh, they, they telegraph they have a weapon because just the way they stand or move or whatever, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty fast. But a lot of agencies, again, carry their weapons inside their shirt or in, in their jacket or whatever, and it's, it's, it, it gives you time. It's, it's frustrating for me to uh, you know, have people that carry a weapon in their purse or whatever and think they're going to use it. The chances of you being able to use it are so low. And it, it reverts back to the opposite, too. If an attacker does the same thing, and he's the bad guy and he's trying to conceal it well, it's going to take him time to, to get the weapon out also. But, again, you move forward very, very quickly, and that's the most important thing. Your, your, your instinct is to hesitate and step back or step left and right. You don't want to do that. You have to either, either you go or you don't, simple as that. So you don't just move, you move forward. Always forward, always forward and alongside and behind if you can. But you're going to be doing damage along uh, on that level you don't uh you don't want to wrestle with the gun ever it's very important just put your hand on the gun just use your other free hand and and do what you're going to do but again that's where our training is uh, quite different than most of the uh, training that you see out there um the reality is simple it it frustrates me when i when i deal with different agencies and you have a uh say a, a lady that's 110 pounds and they want you to try to wrestle the gun out of out of their hand well if this guy is 200 pounds, you ain't wrestling anything, and he'll just step back, line you up, and shoot you. Remember, when you hold on to a gun and you're fighting for that gun, if he steps back and strong, he's going to line that gun right up on you because you won't let go. It's going to line right up on you, and that's, that's the worst thing. That's why people get shot because they didn't let go of the weapon, and you won't let go. So that's, that's the problem there. Okay, we've talked about what to do before you get to the point of the gun being presented. Now let's talk about... There's a gun in your face. When is it right to attempt a gun disarm? Are there any ways to know when you're in a do-or-die situation and it's time to attack? When somebody yeah, there are there's scenarios, you know. There, again, I have to say there are never any guarantees to anything. It'd be, um, 
uh, for example, uh, um, if I was walking on the street with my son or whatever, and I had a child, and I was walking on the street, and, and a guy jumps in front of me, and he points the gun at my kid's head. Well, that tells me that's going to be a robbery right away. So you would, because the fear of, of everything you have, you would, you would give it away. And by the way, if you're ever being robbed or whatever, no matter how hard you train, give them what they, give them what they want. Give up your car. Don't, it's not worth it. All the best training in the world, things can still go wrong. And there could be a multiple attacker you didn't see. So you always, always want to give them, uh, that, uh, the weapon if you can. However, if you feel that it's going to go, especially a home invasion or whatever, that's where, that's where the rules change. And, uh, Dealing with your legal consequences and stuff. And, and what we do in split second, again, we use the concussion and powder blast a lot of what we're doing. And, and it's, uh, it, when it's time to go, you gotta go quickly. So it's, 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 it's each, each point is different. You'll know, rules are you never allow yourself to be tied up, for example. Those are things that you don't allow to happen. You, you've gotta go. So that's so the, the moment that it's right to attempt a gun disarm is the moment at which I judge he's going to kill me. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, and tying you up would be a precursor to definitely murdering you in most cases. Uh, right. Yeah. Talk, we talk about that a lot. For example, a guy kicked in your front door and you say, look, just lock me in the closet with my kids. And he doesn't want to do that. He said, i got to tie you up. Instead. So he doesn't want to escape anymore. You know? So it's, it's a totally different scenario. So you, you don't want to get yourself into a situation where you can't move. It's really, really important that you don't allow that to happen. If I was myself, I would go for it right away in that situation. If they refuse to put you in a room or whatever, no, you, you got to go. And uh, that's where you need training. The thing that upsets me the most in society today is that the good people, with their weapons taken away, um, don't train anymore because they don't have weapons. They don't think about it. The bad people that have no no concern for laws or whatever, they're the ones out there practicing. So it's it's very frustrating. I was in New York recently, and uh, we could hardly get a squirt gun to to use as a as a weapon to uh, practice with. Very frustrating, knowing that you know if I walk down that street, there's enough firepower illegally on the street, you know, to stop anybody. But it's very very frustrating for the civilian to train. So it's the bad guys are always training, and uh, they're, they're, they don't, you don't have to be big uh, or old. To uh, have a gun, a 12-year-old that's uh, a gangbang member or whatever, he'll he'll tear you up, and and that's reality. So you can't go on any of the things that we used to go on in the past. It's just getting more violent out there. Are there a few other uh, really bad telltales that he means to do you in? We talked about tying you up. We talked about a home invasion situation where he's resistant to the idea of just putting you somewhere out of the way so that you're no threat to him and no trouble. Are there some other indicators like that? Oh, absolutely. There, when, first of all, they want to take you somewhere. You know, uh, they want to put you in a car or whatever. We have that problem in Alaska. As, as we train here, you don't go anywhere because in two minutes you're out in the woods. You know, nobody's around for another thousand miles, you know, so you don't go. If someone's going to take you somewhere, that means they're not robbing you at that moment. They're, they're, they've got plans for you. So, uh, it's very important. Now, if they're walking you out of a store, don't go. Don't go. Just, just if you're going to do something, now do it in the store. Do it where there's people. You don't ever want to end up alone anywhere. So that's really important. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's looking for that opportunity. You know, if you have your children or your wife involved, 
your training has got to focus on that opportunity. And one of the biggest problems that most people, whether it's the military or whatever, is they don't train with the mindset of multiple attackers or whatever. It, the most skilled people out there, they don't get taken out by the things they see. They get taken out by the things they don't see because they focus on the wrong thing. So it's really important to have that mindset that there's a possibility of uh, other people out there um, being a gang situation or whatever. So uh, maybe someone's getting initiated in a gang or they need a little meth today or whatever, and one guy goes up to rob somebody and you start disarming him, the other guy just jumps right in. You won't see it because you're focused on the wrong thing. That's why we're always moving behind, so we're coming to 360 immediately, and we're usually having their weapon. So it's yeah, you want to you always want to see what's around you. We we sometimes focus in on the weapon too much. Um, in the split second, we don't even focus on the weapon. Um, we we deal with it, we take it if we need it, but it's uh, in a different mindset. So we're focusing on the thing that could take us out that we don't see. Now you mentioned before, Larry, not doing something that's going to antagonize the attacker. But obviously, uh, when you decide it's time to attempt to disarm, it's time to fight back, that's the very definition of antagonizing the attacker. So where's that dividing line? How do I balance those two requirements? Absolutely. One of the biggest things that makes Split Second unique is, is um, like I said, I'm a martial arts master and stuff. And, and, and everyone, that, if you watch any of the DVDs and programs out there, they fight with speed, explosion of speed. Well, what happens there is if, if you just throw something at somebody, you'll startle a person with a gun, which makes them more alert to what's going on. You want to you want a relaxed speed, and but you want to move in on the person. And again, uh, for, for civilian training, for example, in split second, we had a gun straight to the head, right in your face, one foot away, maybe two feet away. We don't ever grab the gun in that situation. We just slam it in their face as, as the gun goes off. You pull the trigger. Keep the gun always away. I see so many programs out there as they don't, they don't understand the concussion and the powder blast. I get in this discussion a lot. I've read magazines, actually, where they said, press the gun against your head. If it goes off, you might lose some, some hearing. Well, that's, you know who says that? Someone's never done it. You're done. It's over. You are down. That's it. You know, you, you're not going to get up. The fight is over. You can do whatever you want to if a gun goes point blank in front of your face. It's over. But you've got people that say to do these things, and no, you are not. Even if it's a twenty-two. If to anyone out there that's listening, and if you have any doubt about that, I just want you to get a pair of safety glasses and get a cap gun. Just get a simple cap gun, put it by your ear, and pull the trigger. And I, I didn't recommend putting uh, earplugs in before you even do that. Or put it right in front of your face and pull the trigger. And tell me how well you're going to respond. You're not. And that's reality. But uh, uh, when, when, we, when we train in Alaska, uh, when I train different agencies, again, um, Safety. I see so much safety out there, which is really good. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, safety will get you killed if you don't. I, I see people always that they got DVDs out there and they check the gun. They hand another guy over. He checks the gun. They pass the gun back and forth. In reality, what you're doing is whether it's a blue gun or an airsoft or whatever, and nobody ever puts a finger on the trigger. Well, it has nothing to do with what you would do. A bad guy will have his finger on the trigger because he doesn't care about you, has no concern with you whatsoever. So when you train, you've got to train to pull the trigger as fast as you can because a bad guy is going to pull the trigger as fast as you can uh, and, and not have respect for the weapon because they don't. But what we have two worlds of we respect the weapon, which makes you slower. 
If you don't respect the weapon, uh, it makes you a lot faster. Uh, so you better move. And, and when we train, we, we really practice on firing on that person. I've worked in many, uh, uh, and again, to everyone out there, again, I wish not to offend. What, what I do is wrong. I have to say it. And I would never recommend it. If, if you ever saw my live fire DVD with a guy with a bullet in the chamber, finger, cock back, hammer back, he touches the trigger, I die. Don't ever well, I've, do I've actually seen that DVD, and for those of you out there who haven't, Live Fire is a DVD in which Larry demonstrates gun disarms against an opponent who is actually armed with a loaded live firearm. Yeah, and, and it's wrong. But but the thing <laughs> is, is uh, when, when, when I've, I've had instructors, for example, uh, come in, and they're like Rambo when there's a blue gun jumping around or there's a plastic gun jumping around or there's a wooden gun. And then I just pull out, okay, my turn, and I just pull out. And we never... I never let them check a weapon. Of course, I'm going to give them something real now. Real gun, 357, maybe a revolver, and point it at them. Of course, it's not loaded. Of course. But you know what? All I get is screaming, how dare you, or let me check it. No. That's what you're going to face on the street. And I've never, ever had anyone move on a gun when they think it's loaded. Ever. I've had them faint. I've had them crawl on the floor. I've had them scream and yell, run out the door. You're nuts. You know, that's what they yell at you. The reality is they've never faced again. That's what you're going to be facing on the street. So it's, it's and, and of course, I can't train people when I travel that way. But the guys I do train, that, that have extreme, they have no concern with weapons anymore. They're, they're, they've experienced every kind of weapon. We never, again, we have a very safe group, but we never let anyone check the weapons. We never. You can be in a class and say, Bob, is this gun loaded? Yes, hunt with it yesterday. Of course, we know, but they don't know. So it gives them that, uh, that fear factor they've never experienced before. Even whatever agency you're in, it's always safety. And I agree. But I know what they're going to do when they face that real weapon. They're going to adrenaline dump so bad they can't move. They're just, no, and, and that's where the problems come in. And so... Until you face it straight out, uh, it, it's a different world. And, again, I know people are going to be very upset. How dare you use a real gun, blah, blah, blah. I know. But, again, I had to know. Um, when you see me grabbing that three fifty seven uh, revolver that blows up in my hand, I had a glove on. It just completely blew my hand apart. Now, I have people that on the website say, that's not going to do nothing. You'll be fine. No, you won't be fine. It, it, it literally blew my hand apart with a glove on. I was out. There was no fight for me left. I'm just trying to talk on the video, and I knew it was coming. Uh, you can grab any automatic. Basically, we grabbed everything. You might get pinched by the slide, but uh, it, you know, you'll be fine. And that weapon's now jammed. So what we teach, if you ever had an automatic, just touch the weapon. If it goes off and it's clear, that gun's now worthless. It will not fire again. So the guy, will not. he'll have a dead weapon on his hand. So there's no reason to fight for the weapon that's not going to go off you know so it's it's already been fired so it depends what you're going to do the concussion always out there in in, in our like our professional series and, and with lawyers and all our, our our legal systems that are so tough for the average american when they try to defend themselves use the concussion blast and stuff like that uh to do what you needed to do because in a court of law you didn't hit him with a bullet if you touch him with lead You've got a problem. And, and I always get this. I get this a lot in my life. I'd rather be judged by uh, six instead of carried out by, tw- judged by 12, carried out by six. 
You know who says that? People that haven't been in the judicial system. People <laughs> yeah. haven't had to deal with lawyers. You know, you can lose well, everything you ever had in your life. You can lose your job. You can lose your family. You can lose everything just because you made the wrong decision. So it's, it's very important if you're going to do something, you've got to make the right decision, whether it's with a knife or a firearm or any type of weapon. you just got to make the right decisions nowadays. Speaking of right and wrong decisions, we've very comfortably segued into the next question I had for you, which was uh, understanding that different people train in different ways. What would you say are, let's call them the top three gun disarm mistakes that are being taught out there? That would be the very topic of this, discussion gun disarm lies that are going to get somebody killed and and why do you feel that these strategies don't work okay well the first of all again to everyone i because i really try not to offend people to everyone that teaches i know they believe in the best of what they do and I, i think that's fantastic but some of the misconceptions and mistakes out there i think anyone that talks about muscle memory um in the i'm a martial arts instructor and we talk about muscle memory and and stuff like that well Muscle memory is when everything's exact, uh, and you can't learn everything's going to be exact. It's going to be all different. If the gun is three inches to the right, slammed into you this way, you've got to you've got to learn concepts, not techniques. Every, everything's in a, in a violent situation. Uh, you've got to be fast, but relax fast, and you go with concepts and, and what's going to happen. So anyone that talks about muscle memory is 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 bringing things down. Too small. You, you'll never be able to think of all the things. They have a DVD out there where they say muscle memory. You're all the way up to muscle number, memory number 21. You know, well, you, you, it's impossible to remember all that. The, the concepts should be just be relaxed. Don't focus on the firearm. So you're always scouting the room for multiple attackers. You move forward. Just keep things simple. Use a concussion if you can use it, or, or you know, hit, um, you take the gun away and use it, it from behind. Whatever you want to do, but. Number one, no muscle memory and, and joint lock manipulations and stuff like that. You can only make that work on a small percentage of the population. If I, I weigh 160 pounds. When we train, you know, I have guys in there 260, 270, you know. I am not twisting the gun out of their hand. I'm not going to do uh, My skills, I'm a master in the martial arts. I hear it all the time. No, my instructor can, no, but can you? And that's reality. On, like tonight, I have a class after this class tonight. We have a class where everything's real and nobody's nice. Nobody works with anybody. It's just a mess. It gets a little bloody sometimes. But that's reality. And uh, they're not going to give you that gun. They're, they're, they're going to they're do their best to stop you. And they're going to do their very best to pull the trigger. So when you try to go strength against strength on anybody, uh, you're only going to defeat a small percentage of the population because... There's a lot of people bigger than you out there. And, you, and when you're struggling with somebody and there's a multiple, you're done because you're going to be focused on the wrong person. Okay, Another so misconception out there is – yeah, I'm sorry, sir, what? I was Gun disarm lie number one would be there's no such thing as muscle memory in this. Right. It's, it's just concepts because there's – the street is such a fast-moving, different thing. You might have the gangster that holds a gun up high, you know, like you see in the movies or whatever. You know, you've never seen that before. Well, now what am I going to do? You know, you, you just have the concepts of what you're going to do, and you'll be fine. Um, always what you do, no matter what, the, mind, the mindset is you don't get yourself tied up because there could be a multiple attacker. He could have a knife or whatever. So you don't want to be struggling with somebody. In our training, so, what we do, 
we have someone at one step away, one step. And as soon as contact is made, he's coming for you. Everything we do is in that mindset. The chances of dealing with two people, no, are not as high as one, but you only die once in life. So we take everything to the highest level. And, uh, again, working with people, I get, a, I get a lot. I would never let that happen. How are you going to stop it? So it, it's reality again. Um, so, it, so would you say our, our second important. gun disarm lie would be the myth of wrestling with the attacker for the gun? Right, just get, because you can only wrestle with a small percentage of it. You see people that actually jump up in the air and they spin around and they lay on their back and all this, all this kind of stuff. Kind of impressive-looking technique, but it's only going to work uh, on a small percentage of the population, and you can't deal with two people. And so it, it, you don't want to struggle with power, basically, and it's very, very important. And you want to stay out of the line of fire. Uh, one of the bigger problems you see out there, there are people that get their faces too close to the firearm as they're doing a disarm. Um, you see people breaking. You know, I have to admit, we used to break fingers with a firearm. You know, just bring the gun back. Well, every time it will happen, the gun will go off. <laughs> so, no, you don't want the gun going off every time because you don't know where it's going to go. You could shoot somebody upstairs or whatever, you know. Um, so we used to break fingers. You know, people talk about, well, that gun is going off. So you don't want that. But you got to keep the gun away from yourself doing any technique that you do. Very, very important. Because, again, if you ever watch live fire, you'll see what will happen to you. It, it, it's over. It really is over. Um, we uh, uh, experimented so much with that. And we, then there are some things we couldn't even do. You saw we've had to put up the targets and the pumpkins and paint them white and show you what's going to happen with the concussion on that. It's, it's pretty brutal to watch. So, it's, so our gun disarm line number three would be the positioning of the weapon too close to things like your yes. face and your body when you're yes, Exactly. And when I say close, you'd better be two feet away. Even then you're going to have a problem if it's a three fifty seven or something like that. Anyone that, uh, personally, if I had any weapon to defend myself, it would be a revolver because the concussion and blast of a revolver is uh, really uh, intense. And, you know, it... it It'll take you out immediately, and you can take out the attacker also. So it, it, it's, it's, got, it's got a very big advantage. One of the things that just cracked me up out there is uh, you actually have people that say uh, uh, with a revolver, just drop your hand behind a hammer. And now to everyone that's listening, and you don't believe what I, what I want you to do is just uh, make sure you have a gun that's safe out there, cock the hammer back, and drop, your, drop it on, your, on the web of your thumb in your hand and tell me how you do. You ain't going to do well, trust me. And that's reality again. So it's now, Why is that a problem, or what happens? And well, it depends, on the, it depends on the gun, you know. Uh, it, it depends on the design of the hammer. It'll cut right through your, the web of your hand. It's just it's bad. It's very painful and bad. It traps you. You're actually trapping yourself in the gun. It's, it's, uh, it's not a good thing, <laughs> trust me. So, yeah, we've <laughs> nope. done it uh, numerous times, so... Uh, sometimes by accident, but uh, it'll cut you bad. Also, I know most people out there, and again, um, how do I put this in a kind way? We deal with, with the real weapons, real steel. You'll be amazed how a sight on a gun from a snub nose or whatever will cut your hand when you're trying to, people that try to wrestle with the gun or whatever and the fight on, or if it hits you in the face, it's going to split you wide open wide, right away. It, Steel cuts you so fast. Uh, it's amazing. Um, in our high-level stuff, 
we use the sights as a cutting instrument, you know, and it, and it just cuts so bad that it's uh, very lethal. Sort of an advanced pistol whipping method. Yeah, we don't we don't swing guns too much, but it just really just smacks them in the face as it's going by or whatever. It'll, it'll cut you just about every time, and it depends on the firearm. I have a I have a four fifty four Raging Bull. I use it up for grizzly bears up here, but uh, impressive looking weapon. Weighs about four pounds. That thing hits you in the head, you'll be taking a nap. <laughs> you won't be worried about it anymore. But it's that reality of, of what you're dealing with. Steel changes everything. It's not plastic. It's not rubber. It's it's that steel. It's that weight. And you'll find that it, not everything works out the way you want it to work out. Um, if it's cold outside and the barrel is it's cold or it's it's uh, or it's raining outside and you're trying to hold on to a wet gun barrel or a wet, you'll find these things, nothing goes the way you plan it to go. And we work on that extensively to, to put everything in every kind of scenario you can think of. It's like when you see in movies a gun going off in a car. When a gun goes off in a car, forget it. The whole car is a mess. That's, that's, that's reality. But, you know, we always see it in the movies and everything. No, no, it's, it's very, very hard because if the windows are rolled up and it's a good car, it, it's all of you are hurting, you know. So it's yeah. a, it's it's that reality factor. Building on that, Larry, what would you say? And and some of this may be review of topics we've touched on, but what would sure. you say are the three main principles of successful gun disarms uh-huh. as you teach them, and especially those principles that people just don't seem to get, uh, what they don't understand about what it takes to really disarm somebody. Right. Oh, that's that's a very good question. Number one is. The most difficult thing for gun people that, that are instructors and everything is they have a huge twitch factor. What I mean is, is they try to move with explosive speed, and uh, that causes the person to pull the trigger. Um, and, and one of the things that will go back very quickly is what you'll see a lot of people when I work with different agencies and stuff, they won't even have their finger on the trigger because of the safety mindset. And so they'll train with their finger outside the guard because the gun goes up and they don't put their trigger finger on the trigger or whatever. So they think they're successfully defending themselves because they're moving by the person. Well, then you run into a piece of street garbage that has no respect for a firearm, has no respect for safety, but his only goal is to be able to pull that trigger as fast as he can. His finger will be on the trigger ready to go, and you screw up with any kind of explosion of speed that he can detect he'll be twice as fast as those that train without having their finger on the trigger guard. So it's, it's very, very frustrating to watch people train in two different ways. So when you hear me talk about safety, sometimes those that train in a safety matter with, uh, manner with each other are not training in reality because they're going to get themselves killed because they think they're effective. Then they'll run into somebody that has no concern for safety. They're twice as fast. So... It's, it's that concern factor there. So you thought you were doing something right, you're doing something wrong. And, and dead people don't talk, so it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. We experiment with that a lot. And, uh, and working with different agencies, I get, to be honest with you, I get quite frustrated when I have a guy point a gun at me and his finger's not on the trigger. I get very upset because, look, if you're going to point a gun at me, you better be ready to pull the trigger, you know. But uh, a lot of people, again, I think safety is wonderful. Our guys, when our, we slip our finger in the trigger, our, our finger's pushing on the back side of the guard, but our, we're inside that trigger guard. We're pushing back with our hand, and we're going to move. We're inside already. So it's, it's a different kind so of a mindset. Principle number one is train with less safety in order to simulate greater realism. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what and would you say the second one would be? 
the, the, the mindset of an explosion of attacking the weapon, um, that's, that's one of the big problems you see people actually literally trying to attack the weapon, get a grip on it and hold it or whatever, and you don't want to do that either. And, or swat it. You never want to swat a weapon um, because when you swat a weapon or grab a weapon and you close your hands on that weapon, it, uh, the instinct for that person is to step back. So when he steps back, that gun lines right up on you every time because you're not going to let go. And it's, it's, uh, that's what most people do. In split second, we never close our hands on anything. We never close our hands on any weapon tightly at all, ever. So okay, they so don't feel us. Rule number two is don't close your hands. Don't, uh, don't Well, don't try to grip and struggle with the weapon. But, again, most systems out there will teach that. And I've got to go over one point very quickly. Is you see a lot of systems out there where you see them blocking the gun and punching somebody in the face or whatever, that's not real. You, you, can't, you have to give up one or the other. Either you're blocking the gun and hitting him in the face hard, or you're hitting him in the face hard and not blocking the gun, one or the other. You, you have to give up one for the other. But we train with each other just standing there and we practice. When you have a guy moving and you're not sure what he's going to do, try it. You have to give up one for the other. You, you cannot split your body equally. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of a fantasy out there. You're not going to, and if you punch somebody in the face and you're not controlling, he's just going to step back and shoot you. My best punch, I hit hard. I'm a karate master. I train every day. I got guys I can hit with my best shot, and they'll look at me and step back and put a hole in me. I'll give them a bloody nose maybe. You know, that's, that's it. That's, that's not what you want to do. So it's, uh, you, you, you see people always moving to the left or to the right. You need, to, you need to move forward and get behind that person or use that weapon and go after him. It's hard to explain technique on this uh, on the radio, but uh, it's, it's something totally that we do differently. And, so, uh, so the third of these three principles is definitely uh, a forward drive mentality, moving forward and taking the, the attack to him. And always as you're moving, you're getting a 360 vision around yourself. You're, you're getting the chance to see what's around you. And it's very important because, again, I know there's some very extremely trained people out there, but the thing that will take them out is the thing they didn't see or prepare for. And that's very important in, in the split-second mindset that we have. We're always, uh, the person with the weapon is not even the concern in our world. It's not, not even my concern. It's the thing I don't see. He's, in my mindset, he's already gone. That's why um, you always hear about adrenaline dump and all this. And the reason is because someone's focusing on that weapon. How am I going to – I don't worry about it. I'll take, I'll take care of that when I get there. But I'm worried about everything else. So that's what gives me more vision to what we're going to do. So it's a different kind of a mindset. Now, but uh, again, you can, to all this – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Larry. But the biggest problem in training is the reality of smaller people and uh, uh, teaching them the same techniques as someone that is a larger person. There's nothing that uh, kind of upsets me or whatever. When you got a guy, 220 pounds of solid muscle, and he can just disarm somebody that weighs 150 pounds, reverse it and really, really try and, and tell me if it works. Always, well, we have this one flaw, and it's, it's not a flaw because it's just this, that's what we do. We're instructors, and we're nice, and... We want everyone to feel safe and stuff. And, and many times we give them a false security of what really things really are. And like I say, tonight, in a couple of hours here, it's 5.30 Alaska time, we're going to go at it full out. Um, we've had guys go through sheetrock walls and everything else. It's straight out. It's, and, and we need to know 
what's real and what's not real, and it's very important. We do the same with knives and uh, firearms, hand-to-hand, same, we do the same thing. And very unique group. It, we don't teach this to the public everywhere, or but well, we have a very unique group, and they, I would take them anywhere. I trust them in any situation. You could point a gun at their head, and they just, they'd be looking for the bad guy. They don't even look at you. You know, and, but you put a real gun at somebody else, I've never had anybody not freak out, never, whether it's a police officer or whatever. They, they freak because they've never had a gun point right in their head with a hammer pulled back to goodbye, you know, and, and we train that way. And that's what makes me nervous is, is when people don't, uh, I'm not saying do what we do, but they, they get this false reality, and, and that's, that's kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Again, I'm the guy that says safety is number one. It'd be a tragedy uh, if someone got killed because of their training. But there's that that point of reality. It, it's it's a really hard thing to to uh, make make happen in the public. But you can give that common sense what doesn't work, so you know what not to do, and that's really important. So you give you give different options. If you were wearing a had a comb or whatever, instead of trying to grab the gun, go right, just whip right behind. Don't touch the gun. Just take a comb across his eyes or whatever. That you know, whatever it is, whatever size you are, whatever weapon you have, because there's some big boys out there. You aren't taking the gun away uh, unless you're extremely skilled and you have a weapon, so or you know how to deal with someone. So it's it's very difficult. Uh, relative to that, Larry, one of the questions that we had submitted tonight on the website uh, that I'd like to fit in now. Uh, sure. One of our uh, listeners asks. How does distance play a factor in the effectiveness of a gun disarm, and at what distance are you close enough to be able to react quickly enough before your attacker reads your move and is able to fire off a shot? Oh, great question. Uh, always in all your training and your firearm training, remember, you've got to practice being against a wall or slammed into a wall or standing straight up, bent over a car. Uh, all these things you need to practice also. But remember this in your training. The closer the gun is to you, uh, the easier it is, it is to move. Basically what we do is my arm fully extended to the point of the barrel, one foot back from that is quite, quite survivable. However, it's, it's, with a, with a, it's with a response to trigger them to go somewhere. So my arm would shoot out to the right, at right as I'm going to the left, just so they see it as I drop my shoulder, so they, they focus on that for a second. And also to everyone that's out there is if you're going to go on an attack for a farm, you can try to disarm. If you can, make sure he's talking or yelling at you or telling, in the middle of his sentence, go. Just go. Again, his mind is trying to do two things at once, talk and defend. Just go right in the middle of yelling. Or if you're talking, look, and sir, I've, but you, you, when you move, you got, we practice this. When we move, we're in the middle of a sentence, look, please, mister, don't hurt me as you're already moving. What will happen is people, adrenaline picks up, they'll go, please, mister. And then, then the guy will fire. But you just remain relaxed, practice these things. If a person is talking, go. Yeah, if you're going to go, go away talking. Or demanding you to do something or you're talking to him. Because he's listening to you at that moment. And, that's, you know, from this is a, he can have my Rolex. See? See my Rolex? You know, and as you're going, don't raise your voice. Keep everything calm and do what you have to do. So it's, it's uh, training. It's, it's really that training level. And most people out there uh, don't train enough, and that's fine. You know, um, anyone, I, so many people out there grab firearms and they buy a gun and they don't train using it themselves, you know. So they should use that more themselves before they uh, 
worry about disarms to everyone else personally. They better understand the weapon they have in their hands. When it comes to calibers of a weapon, any weapon, I don't, I don't have a, uh, a certain thing that makes me happy. I, from a 22 to a shotgun, they're all the same in my world. So I respect them all the same. They could all be just as deadly. In fact, if I was going to have a, a weapon, it used to be a 22 short, probably, just some, you know. Some, I, I'm a professional. I don't like making noise. I just keep everything calm and do as less damage as I can or whatever I have to do. But a 22 would do anything it needed to do, so... But uh, that's through training and stuff, so it just it depends what you look for. A lot of people have their favorites. In my opinion, again, is a revolver. A .22 revolver is fine. Um, you want to be quieter, of course, you know, get a, uh auto or whatever. But uh, everyone's got their own favorites, their own grips and stuff. I don't recommend or tell anybody what to buy because everyone's got their own thing, and I think that's fantastic. So um, it's, it's just uh, each, each flavor, so it's for each person. Uh, Larry... How how universal would you say your gun disarm principles are? Uh, in other words, how does one's no, reaction change if if say you're on your knees in that assassination execution pose? Oh yeah, you've you seen that before. You holding you hostage, or you're standing right. but you can't see the attacker, or you know, as as the body positions change, how does how universal are the principles, and how do you apply there are, them? All of what I do, all of what I do, there's only three concepts. That's only three moves. That's it. And, and so it's everything's everything's very very universal, and they all relate to each other. Whether it's a, a knife has the same techniques as a gun, or or a knife is the same hand to hand, or or you're from behind. Um, it's kind of like uh, in certain scenarios, uh, hostage situation. We attack the hostage, you know. So it, it just depends what you're doing on uh, uh, what you're trying to do with that person's mindset. So it's it's interesting, but it's very very. You've got to keep it simple. Everything's got to be. Simple and relaxed, so you don't have that twitch response. You know, and when you attack somebody, don't attack their structure. Their structure is too is designed to be strong. But it fascinates me how people attack the bony structures of the face or whatever, and try to kick the legs. Or you get, none of that's going to give you what you want. You know, it, it mixed martial arts have been great out there because you see the best trainers, and then they're smashing each other in the face with their best elbow, and they just look at each other. That's reality. So it, it's uh, be effective what you're doing. So always attack soft tissue and and to go from there. So be effective. All right. Well, uh, we've talked throughout this conversation about training and the need to train and people yeah. who train enough or what they're training in. We've talked about your live fire DVD, which is yeah. absolutely the most extreme of extreme that you can take this to. Um, now. You, you're actually using live loaded weapons in that DVD, and we obviously... Yeah, actually the DVD is four hours long. We had to cut it way down because when people watch that DVD, they think we're crazy enough as it is. But I take when I go to different <laughs> agencies, I drop that DVD in, I walk away for, for 40 minutes and come back and say, how many of these techniques do you guys do? And then all their hands go up. Yes, we're trained. Yeah, we do X blocks. We do. This is what will happen to you. It scares them to death. I, I have to apologize uh, because I didn't even know what was going to happen on certain uh, things when we first started this project. Um, I have to laugh. My safety guy was puking alongside the truck. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to watch. It was very, very, uh, very hard to watch. It was a, it was a bloody video. But uh, I knew as we got into it more and more, as you watch the video, you see with the first one, we just had a, um, a down hood over my face because we didn't know what the concussion was going to be like. Then we started to figure it out, and then we wanted to see. So, yeah, it's... 
it was amazing uh, what's real. Like, that. for example, any shotgun that goes off, it goes off in your hand. You can, the barrel's fine. You're, you'll be absolutely fine. I have people say the barrel will be hot. No, it won't. You're fine. Um, any any automatic, you're fine. Uh, you'll actually watch part of the video where the bullet flies out through the end of the barrel through my hand. You know, um, you're fine. But it, it, it's just uh, uh, revolvers scare me to death. You know, we had to actually revamp a lot of our training after making that series because we used to do things that would get us killed. We didn't know. We, we didn't know. And we thought we were right. And then we look, went back and looking at our stuff. Is the gun is too close to us, so if it goes off accidentally, we'd be taken out. So we had to rechange a lot of that mindset. And then we went into the legal consequences and using the powder blast and concussion as much as you can to take someone out. So we did try to put that in there. So um, it, what, well, what we do is totally unique to what everybody else does. And, and, and I don't ever want to be disrespectful. I get a lot of hate mail out there. And, but anyone that's ever trained with me, you ever go to the Internet, you see people that blah, 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 hate Larry Wick. But you'll never see anyone, anyone on the Internet that's ever trained with me and, and experienced what we do to say, man, he's a joke. No, they just go, whoa. And that's, you know, that's the way it works. So, but it's, it's a different mindset, totally different concepts. There's no strength, no grabbing, no, you know. It's hard to watch um, because it looks like it's all fake. But it's that relaxation and that two-fingered grip and stuff like that that makes it unique. I'm going to be in uh, Las Vegas at the, where am I going to be at? The Rio Casino uh, doing uh, the first time we really put uh, Split Second into the world at the Super Show. So I'm very honored to be part of that. So I'm actually going to be on the floor uh, demonstrating my, what, what Split Second is. So I look forward to it. So I hope I get a, anyone on the listening world out there, I hope I get a chance to meet you, you guys. I think it would be great. Well, uh, relative to all that, Larry, since we can't train the way you do, and you've even said what you do is wrong, don't do it, um, and I I admire the fact that you took the time to do it and and took on that risk, uh, even though my first thought when I saw the DVD was, that guy is crazy. (laughs) But how how can the average person best train the right way or or the most right way for gun disarms while adding as much realism as possible. Oh, absolutely. What would you say are some of the top elements of realistic training, a realistic training structure, if you will, that will set someone up for the most real experience for perfecting their gun disarms? You know, that's a great question. Um, Number one, you have to retrain your mind, first of all. And uh, uh, we actually use a heavy bag or whatever. And you want to teach yourself to move forward in a relaxed statement. So you actually have a – we just put up a prop gun or whatever. But then you want to start having a person – it can be a plastic – you know know what's kind of fun? If you ever – to those that are training, just get a squirt gun and just put it right right between his eyes and make sure it's clean water and let him try to go. And you try really hard just to squirt them in the face. And just practice that. But talk to each other. You've got to say, look, you, uh, you're jerking when you move or you're, you're being too intense. You're making me squeeze the trigger. You scared me or whatever. And really work on that aspect of moving forward. Uh, you want to move past the weapon. You want to get inside of that weapon. And if you're relaxed and, and fluid, um, I guess I'd explain it this way. We don't use accelerated speed. It's smooth speed. It's just whoo. It's not boom. Because when you go boom, that makes that person jump. And if you're not fast enough, he's going he's to pull the trigger just as a response. But if you have smooth speed that's relaxed, fluent, he's not going to detect it. It just kind of goes, what the? 
because he's not threatened. He's not threatened by it. And that's, that's hard training to do. That's, uh, but moving forward, moving forward, and be honest with your partner. And uh, make sure he has his finger on the trigger, and he tries very hard. And then you need to try very hard with him. We reverse both things because if we ever need to use a firearm, and hope to God we never, ever do because our lives will be changed, which I don't want for anybody, but we try very hard to fire on them also. And you're learning two things, learning how to fire and how to survive a fire attack. So it's, it's very important that you train without hurting each other. There's no reason to hurt each other. But it's just to see. If you get hit with a squirt of, uh, splash of water, well, then you know you're a little bit too slow. But, uh, you know, we've done it with uh, point blank with uh, paintballs and stuff like that, you know, and we set up the room and point blank. Uh, we got those hurt, by the way, point blank. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's that mindset. So. It's just training safely, but relaxing. And, and maybe some of you guys out there, and it, you'll have totally different way, ways of doing things. I think that's wonderful. You know, and whatever you guys got out there, you know, I hope we meet someday because, man, I'm the first one. I don't have the answers. I sure like to learn, and, and uh, uh, I'm always learning. I've been doing this for many, many years, and you know what? I don't know a thing yet. So each, each region has totally different concepts and ideas, and, and uh, they're great. And uh, if everybody's out there, I'll, I'll be there for you. I like to learn with you, so I'm, I'm that kind of guy. So, what are some other elements that we can incorporate in uh, gun disarm training for those of us who aren't quite at your level? What are some other ways that we can train? Well, one of the things that you need to practice is when you have a firearm, is if someone comes up and grabs your firearm. So you got to work on both sides. So if someone's uh, grab your weapon, you have to work on, on retaining your weapon. And, and we have a whole program. It's very simple. It's just called a split. Which is, you know, it's, I can't talk about it on the radio, but it's, I could teach you in 30 seconds, unlike anything you've ever seen before. But it's, it's not magic. It's just, see, I'm a body mechanics person. That's what I do. Um, I'm a, that's why I, I do everything different than everybody else, because I look at it a body mechanics way, not in a uh, self-defense way. My job is not to trigger the other person's uh, body, so it's totally. I look at things totally different out of the box. That's why what I do is so unique, but it looks fake. You know, um, recently I was in, in a. They'll put a 12 gauge shotgun, pin me into the wall with a hammer pull back, stick the gun barrel in my neck, push me into the wall, and they'll say there's no way out of that. And you look and go, really? And I always let them practice. Come on, let's see what you can do. And they'll pull the trigger. They'll pull the trigger. The reason they're pulling the trigger is because they feel me touch the barrel. So you can't do that. You have to be so soft and so supple that they don't feel it. So it's been a lot of fun, and, and I, I enjoy the seminars. I enjoy traveling. Um, it's just been a blast uh, into doing what we do. But the biggest key is relaxation, uh, understanding your legal consequences, and that, that's really important too. Sometimes we as instructors, we're too busy trying to hurt, cut, and shoot people, and we don't realize we could have just destroyed somebody's life. Or you could put your own self as an instructor at risk for telling to do something that's incorrect. So it's very important as instructors, we're all very careful in what we teach. So always discussing the legal ramifications out there. You mentioned uh, squirt guns and paintball guns. Are there any other pieces of equipment? Oh, yeah, there's a million things out there. You know, it's a lot of fun. You, uh, a class, as you start to learn, you, they've got all these little uh, nerf, nerf shotguns and little nerf things out there. They make class fun when you first start out. Make it enjoyable. However, uh, always wear safety glasses. But really, really try to put – always go center mass 
and and really really try to uh, hit them. You know, it's kind of fun, and as your skills improve, you'll get an idea where you're at. So it's it, uh, very there's all kinds of training weapons out there, but uh, always protect your eyes, which is very important. Well, Larry, this hour has flown by, and it has been yeah, it has, it has. Um, those of you listening, if you'd like to check out Larry's program specifically, his website is SplitSecondSurvival.com. Uh, and his DVD programs are available right there on his website. Larry, are there any uh, sort of parting thoughts on the topic of gun disarms or gun disarm lies that you'd like to leave us with tonight? Well, I think, first of all, I want to thank everyone out there that uh, that that on this program listening uh, or that's going to go to this website and listen to it because, again, that means you have a concern, and I respect people that respect themselves enough to deal with violence. Um, there are no guarantees out there at all. Find a good instructor um, and, and be serious about your training. If you decide to train, be serious about it. Because remember, when it ever goes bad, if it ever does, and hopefully it never does, you will respond the way you train. So uh, find a good uh, training partner and, and to work with that person. But to all everyone out there that works so hard in what they do, because I go to the website and I see all these wonderful programs out there, um, I just thank everyone very much. and. And I thank the world for letting me be part of their uh, program in this world of self-defense. I think it's great. All right. Well, Larry, thank you so much. And thank you, all of you out there who are listening to the Combat Q&A tonight. As always, your participation has made this an extremely entertaining and informative hour. Uh, Larry, once again, from Jeff Anderson and the ISCQC and me, Buck Green, broadcast director at the ISCQC, I would like to thank you very much for joining us tonight. And tell Jeff and, and you, you, Buck, and everyone, thank you for just a job well done, and I look forward to meeting you guys again someday. All right. Uh, everyone, for Jeff Anderson and Larry Wick and Buck Green here at the ISCQC, train hard and stay safe. Good night, everyone. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.